This information is nothing new, but it's much amplified and accelerated in the digital orbit of social media. There's a real responsibility for big tech in particular, even for online users themselves, to try and combat the disinfodemic as it has become known. But there's also a very clear role for journalism to put facts first in an effort to stem the corrosive effect on democracies of false news, propaganda and lies. So with me today to talk about what journalists can do to right the wrongs of disinformation and its adverse impact on people's right to know is Toivo Njabela, editor of the Namibian Sun newspaper and a member of the executive of the Editors Forum of Namibia. Thanks for joining me today, Toivo. <laughs> Thank you, Gwen. I'm Gwen Lister, host of the Namibia Media Trust's Free Speak podcast in which we discuss all things media. Let's start out, I think, Toivo, by defining the word disinformation and how it may differ from misinformation. I think many out there, even journalists I've noticed on social media, don't really seem to know the difference between these two words, and they use them interchangeably. Mm -hmm. People in general may be even more confused than the journalists and the experts. So would you care to elaborate on this and give us your thoughts? Yeah. Thank you, Gwen. Thanks for, for having me first and foremost. And uh, also uh, congratulations on a very brilliant uh, platform that uh, that is this podcast, uh, and especially the, the, the free speech nature of, of this platform. I think it's, it's very important that we perpetually uh, beat the drum of free speech in this country because you see there's a, a degeneration from time to time of, uh, of, of this and um, a platform like this will actually work uh, wonders uh, in, 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 uh, in spre uh, spreading that message. But um, <clears throat> to your question, Gwen, really for me the, the difference is, um, is um, uh, the, the key distinction is intent. Absolutely. Uh, between the two. Between exactly the, two. the right word. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, in other words, uh, misinformation is spreading of information that is uh, uh, not correct, uh, but without intention to misinform. Absolutely. Uh, a person who spreads this information is often under the impression that the information that they're distributing is, is correct. So, there's no malice really on their part. But this information is when a person knows uh, inside their hearts that indeed this is wrong information, but because they want to drive a particular narrative or a particular agenda, they spread it anyways. Absolutely. And they do it on a grand scale many of the times uh, to reach as much footprint and traction as possible for those uh, ill-intended uh, um, agendas to gain tr traction. And that is very, very dangerous. So I think in not so many words, that is really the distinction from the way I see it. Absolutely. And you mm. know what, Toivo, what I tend to do to help others, especially younger journalists, because it's disinformation starts with a D. Yes. I use the word, I tell them, remember deliberate. Yes. Disinformation Lovely. is Lovely. something that is manufactured, it's fabricated, whereas misinformation, which is... Like if you ask me which is the way to Okahanya and I misdirect you, yes. I'm not doing it deliberately. It's accidental. Yeah, exactly. So I say misinformation, M for mistake. Yes, so I lovely. I hope that in that way people will, will get it uh, uh, more clearly. Very but thanks. Lovely. I think it's important that we, we started on that note because, again, 
most people out there aren't really aware. What do you think, Toivo? You know, we talk about disinformation, um, but what do you think, for people listening, what are the effects of disinformation on society and, and why should we even worry about it? Yeah, it's, it's a very dangerous um, um, thing to do, um, uh, Gwen, to deliberately misinformation mentioned yeah as you crafted it there very very wisely um we, we've seen the events in south africa this week sure. where um even the president uh, president ramaphosa had to go on tv and say look do not share unverified materials uh sure. you know th- there were old video clips from someone not even from south africa you know people saying oh the military is beating up people even before the military was d- deployed on the streets so it it creates so much panic it creates so much um, fear and society intimidation and and all that. So instability for me uh, is actually the most dangerous uh, impact of that. Absolutely. Uh, very, very dangerous. But I also think, Gwen, that, um, you know, we are trying to build a knowledgeable society here, people who understand, people who are informed, people who know what is happening within their surroundings. But the moment we bombard them with information that is, Deliberate, deliberately twisted yes. to meet certain agendas. Right, you are actually creating a, an uninformed society because people do not know. Not everybody is like me and you who have perhaps, by virtue of what we do, and also by virtue of our accessibility to certain things, right. that we may be able to verify this information. This my mother in Okalongo, where I come from. Yeah, if she hears this information, she's likely. I mean, I am fighting, and I and I know we'll, we'll talk about it later. I'm calling my mother every other week and asking her, have you gotten your, 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 your vaccination? Right, right. And she says, no, but what we're hearing, apparently that thing is so dangerous. So you, you, you have, that is the real impact that you are getting, the real life impact that you are getting from this kind of acts. Exactly. Yeah. And how to keep, uh, as you say, especially for, let's say, a more unsophisticated generation, but not only. Hmm. I mean, even people who are on social media are some of the, you know, people who believe all these things first. Exactly, exactly. And it is a job to try and convince people. But now we're going to get to media soon. But I want to first just say it is a journalist's responsibility, first and foremost, I think, to inform people as truthfully as possible and not to spread misleading claims, disinformation, conspiracy theories, among others. So in your case at, at The Sun, how do you get your team to report on these disinformation aspects in such a way that it doesn't risk the further spread no. of untruths. Because some would say when we report about disinformation, yeah. we're spreading something that is false or fabricated yeah. to people who might not have already seen it. Yeah. How, how do you deal with that, Toiva? Yeah, so, so Gwen, I think there are two ways um, to look at it. In the olden days, we, especially when fake news, the advent of uh, fake news wasn't as worse as it is now. Right. There were times when we used to say, look, you know, accord people a platform. Right. In, in, a, in, a, in a, Especially in, in a free speech society, in a democratic society, uh, do not only accord platforms to people who you agree with or who uh, actually you may judge them to be telling the truth. There are people who, I mean, especially in the political space, you know, you, you would see a politician is making up things, but you still accorded them space to say whatever they wanted to say. Correct. But then we reached a point where it has gotten worse now, that you can no longer just accord 
platforms to every Tom, Dick and Harry exactly. just to say whatever they want, especially when that is damaging society uh, at a grand scale. So uh, what I've been telling, uh, what I normally tell the journalists, younger journalists and and, and um, my team in particular is to say that um, first and foremost, everybody that comes to you with information, everybody, 121%, has an agenda. Yes, certainly. Now, we have to go through this agenda to scrutinize it is a good agenda or better agenda because remember there's also um there's also good agenda if sure. some if somebody comes to you the whistleblower type agenda for example exactly yeah. so so what you do is apply your mind first and say okay first sort of determine what is the agenda of this person linking this information to me is it because there are some big people in their company that are stealing money and therefore it's a good agenda to expose this looting of public resources? Or is it because someone wanted to be promoted into a, into a position and then once someone else was uh, preferred uh, to them, then they create other sort of things and just bombard you with this kind of information? So scrutiny of facts is very, very important. And there's so much that we must, that we must do in terms of rec- um, verifying the veracity of all this information. Uh, before then putting it out. But right. you subject the process to so much scrutiny that it's not only a reporter that uh, that sort of have the... Checks the facts. Yes. I yeah. mean, I, 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 had a, I had someone this week, uh, there was an article in the Namibian about um, the company Mediva Fisheries that was... That's right. Yeah. And someone said to me, what are the jobs of the editors? Why don't they, they detect some of these things? And I said, look, there's a level of trust that you accord to your reporters. Yeah. Uh, the, not everything. I mean, if a court, if a reporter goes to Havana where a, a, a shack burned down, and the person says the owner of the shack is Maria and and and, and not Martha. Yes. I mean, I I don't have to go to Havana myself as editor again to verify if indeed the name is Martha. Yes. So the, the, there is a level of of responsibility and trust that you accord to your reporters. But then where there are glaring issues, then you can really step in and say, but wait, this doesn't make sense to me. So right. it's a lot of processes that uh, get involved there, but um, I think it's, it's really to first, I think, to to determine the intent of the person exactly. who brings you that information, and then from there you can carry on with other vetting processes. Okay. Yeah. I think, I mean, that, that at the end of the day, Toivo, is exactly what the major difference is between traditional media as we know it um, and, of course, the sort of social media world where, where things are put online without any kind of process yes. being followed. Yes. And that's not to say that um, traditional media are not always rigorous yes. about uh, the processes. And obviously, we can't tell the whole truth. Sometimes journalism tells as much of the truth as it is possible to tell in a given time or circumstance. Yes. Um, so they are, but at least they are processes. I mean, I think this is something that people do emphasize. Yes. By the way, just a quick step backwards. As a matter of curiosity, your yeah. mom in Okalonga, yeah. that information about don't trust the vaccinations, where did she get that? Was it from church, community, or WhatsApp I, groups? I, I'm just I, curious <laughs> if you know. I, but no, I, I have no idea, really. You don't? Okay. But, I, but I think when, is, and it's a good question, because I've yeah. never really asked her to say, well, where are you getting this information from? Is it from radio? Exactly. Or, or is it from uh, the local coca shops? You know, you, you have no idea, really. But um, uh, it, it's likely to be coming from the community itself there, you know, okay. from fellow villagers who are saying, look, you know, we, we've heard about this thing. It will twist your DNA. Thought process will be twisted and all these kind of things. But it's 
it's, it's interesting, really. Exactly. I'd, yeah. I'd be very curious if you do find out from her. <laughs> yeah, because sure. Because I think, you know, sometimes if we trace it backwards, where yeah. do people get hold of this yeah. information? We may be able to more accurately pinpoint real problem areas. I have another colleague yeah. who said her mother, also in the north, is yeah. saying, get me ivermectin, get me ivermectin. And the daughter is trying to say, yeah. don't trust that. Again, she seems to be getting that through family WhatsApp yeah, groups. Yeah, yeah. Toivo... Fact-checking really seems to be the new imperative. In fact, it's become a sort of industry. But looking at the social media feeds, as I did do, of organizations like factcheck.org, Africa Check, and others, and in our own context, Namibia Fact Check, mm. these don't really seem to have much impact. I mean, when you look at the shares on their on their feeds, it's not very often people are going to look at who's verifying or debunking um, false news. Um, of course, I don't think they're a bad thing, but we need to be realistic about their efficacy. Uh, far more people generally, and we know that from news media and sort of making a mistake and correcting an issue as the media are required to do, it's often the lie that is consumed far more than the correction that precedes it, you exactly, know. Exactly, yes. But journalism by its very nature, and you've hinted at that now uh, from what you've said in answer to the earlier question, is or should be about fact-checking. In other words, the journalists really need to do their fact-checking of their stories, the sub-editors need to take that further and question anomalies in the stories. And, of course, the editors, it finally comes to them. What do you think? Have these fact-checker institutions simply taken up a space in a vacuum which has been created by shoddy journalism? I mean, should we even need fact-checkers, put it that way, <laughs> yeah. if journalism is doing its work properly? Yeah. No, no, they they have stepped in uh, and, and, and and they have crafted uh, the narrative very well. There, Gwen, to say that um, they they have uh, they are exploiting an opportunity that they see, and we created that opportunity uh, as an industry. That um, a lot of times we we have not gotten our facts right, and someone says, okay, so they haven't gotten their facts right. What opportunity lies in there for me as, a, as someone else, as a, as a so-called fact-checker? Exactly. And, and then they exploit that. And the danger with that is, I mean, it, it's, it's a beautiful thing mm -hmm. that you have a second uh, alternative to journalism. But you don't want, I mean, we in this industry don't want to create alternatives, especially w when we seem to be the ones creating these alternatives. We, we need exactly. to be the, the only alternative. Uh, of course, uh, everybody else can, uh, but, but we shouldn't give another person a chance to essentially discredit our work. Absolutely. Because that is what will, what will happen. If, if somebody produces alternative facts to what you have produced, they are actually saying that you are doing a shoddy job as you, exactly. as you, as you crafted it. Exactly. So all these new alternatives are only a call for us to really start stepping up our game and say, look, yes, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's an emerging industry and that's okay. I mean, fact-checking shouldn't even come from, um, you, you want ideally people to be fact-checking against maybe politician speeches. Exactly. You know, a minister makes a parliamentary statement about the availability of vaccines in the country right. and the fact-checker goes to say, look, we have done our investigations and this is... What, what the minister said in parliament today was, was not a lie or was not correct. That would be a very nice thing. But not when we who have always, you know, portrayed ourselves as the sort of 
primary source of information, trustful right. information being debunked in public like that. So it's time that we put in a, a high gear really to, to, to counter that. Yeah, and really to up our game, I think, is, is what you're saying. And yes. I think nobody would disagree yes. because we need to somehow get back the public trust yes, for important. them to sort of turn their backs on disinformation and go yeah. to real verifiable yes. media. Yes. Toivo, COVID has, and I know, sorry, I saw on your social media this morning that you said you don't want to talk about anything related to <laughs> COVID or to Zuma yes. today. So, yes. But I, I heard what you're saying, but I'm going to ask you this anyway. Sure. But, but COVID has presented manufacturers, and I use this word deliberately, yeah. with a huge opportunity to spread disinformation, whether it's organized groups who are making a lot of money out of these kind of fabrications, if you look at, for example, the anti-vax yes. um, uh, lobby, or individuals who are simply trying to discredit steps that are put in place to try and really cur curb this terrible pandemic. Um, they take various forms using fear tac tactics to discourage people from vaccinating, touting fake cures like ivermectin and hydro hydroxychloroquine before it, we all remember that from back in the Trump era, yes. or even urging people to inhale elephant dung <laughs> and all sorts of things. Yeah. The list goes on, let's face it. How do you try to deal with these particular conspiracy theories in your reporting? Yeah. Look, when I've said um, all along uh, that um, we must, yeah, that science has carried mankind throughout our existence. Um, we are where we are today because of science, because of technology. Mm -hmm. And there's no reason why now, suddenly, we must start casting aspersions on science, the very science that have gotten us here. Right. If credible institutions, your WHOs, your scientific, uh, renowned scientific uh, uh, societies, and, and everybody have come to say, this works as far as COVID relief is concerned. This does not work. Right. Why, where do we get the wisdom today suddenly to be more cleverer and uh, yeah. smarter than, yeah. than these people? You know, so I say, you know, science for me is the bottom line. If any, of course, science also, uh, you have to, to get your confirmation from credible sources again of, of science yeah. because yeah. some people may be portraying themselves as scientific also and they have anti-vaccine uh, theories, for example. But you, you have to look out for the credible institutions that, that we have always relied on that there is absolutely no reason why today in the middle of the worst pandemic in, in, in so many decades, right. suddenly they are, they, they are deserting us and just lying to us. No, there's no logic in that. Exactly. Yeah, so, so I, I put science at the center of everything that we do. Uh, we verify these things. If a colleague comes to the office and say, oh, I also picked up this information. I said, you know, I, I always say to them, you know, where, where are you getting this from? Oh, from this world. Who are they? Yep. Do you trust them? Have they produced any scientific uh, paper on anything before? No, they, have, they haven't. So why do you trust them today? All those kind of questions. Exactly. You know, it also strikes me as you're speaking, Toivo, that the media's role has changed. If I think a few years back, I remember there was an outbreak, I think, of meningitis. Yes. And government urged people to go and get their shots mm. uh, against meningitis. We can look at before that polio and other things. Mm. 
the media never had to do a job of convincing people to go and <laughs> exactly. get those vaccines. So, again, it's, it's peculiar to me yeah. how this has changed and whether it's just the impact of social media and more questioning, I don't know. Mm, I mean, we mm. all know it's good to question yeah. and be curious, but to, you know, just accept um, some of these theories, as people seem to do, is is really confusing to me in many ways, you know. I mean, in addition to what you just said, Gwen, I mean, I, I look at um, the on Sunday, they just played the final of the European, the, the yeah. Euro 2020 uh, Championship, uh, England versus Italy, and... Right. Um, the Wembley Stadium had about 60,000 people. No self-respecting government, no caring government would allow so many people in a stadium if they didn't think that they, they are allowed for vaccines and everything. Has, was effective. Uh, exactly. Yes. So these are all, we get proven, we, I mean, those of us that are pro-vaccine and all that, I mean, I, I, I proudly call myself that. Yes. We get vindicated every day. Every day we get vindicated. So why must we, you know, and the other, the the other party is not be, being vindicated anywhere at all. So I mean, yeah. uh, it's logical only that we follow uh, science, really. And and also, I mean, just a final note on COVID. I mean, it it has been a learning process for every everybody, hasn't it? You know, in the beginning we were told to do things which don't seem to really apply anymore. So all the time we're learning what are the effective measures, whether it's masking, and I'm one of those, I'm a bit of a voice in the wilderness, but I keep saying, guys, eyewear is very important. Yes. If you're in an area where people are not wearing masks yeah. or not wearing them properly, I think it's going through the eyes yeah. if they cough or something. Yes. But anyway, I rest my case on that. Nobody seems to be <laughs> taking much notice, <laughs> yeah. but we're learning all the time. Yes. Um, You've said it yourself, Toivo, the professional ability of journalism to verify information is now more important than ever before. And obviously, we can't turn a blind eye to this kind of disinformation out there because we do want people to get the facts at yes. the end of the day. At the same time, you don't want media to spend all their time rebutting lies that are on social media and even risk, as I said earlier, amplifying them rather than focusing first and foremost on bringing people positive, timeous, and accurate news and information that they can use. Uh, any few comments on that? Yeah, yeah. again, Gwen, um, I mean, I, I, I look even at how I spend my days uh, lately. Um, I, my typical day now is spent on exactly that. Exactly. Uh, telling people, you know, you know, we are on WhatsApp groups, we are on social media, we are even in the newsroom or or at home, and um, <clears throat> you spend so much of your time, you know, trying to teach people to say, guys, open your eyes, look at this, this affects, this affects. And, and, and people are gen generally very difficult to convince otherwise. So it becomes a very lethargic day of just debating that. And um, by all accounts, this means that your, your, your most valuable time is being uh, spent on things that you thought would have been very straightforward, really. Exactly. So you, you are right on saying that uh, instead of, you know, spending the whole day, you know, debunking these theories, you want to spend the day, you know, producing new evidence of, you know, how, how, how far have we gone in our vaccine uh, rollout? You know, how many people have been vaccinated? Uh, holding government accountable, are they bringing exactly. enough 
uh, vaccine uh, doses into the country? Why, why are we running out of the, you know, holding people accountable? Exactly. Not, not teaching every person the whole day uh, that what they are saying is, is not correct. It's not and, true. Yeah, so it, it becomes a vicious cycle. But you want ideally to, to, to put this at the back of your, yeah. of, your, of your mind and really start focusing on journalism as we had known it. Exactly. Really bringing out new information every day, you know, the things that people didn't know and stuff like that. Yeah. Toivo, we also know, obviously, and you most of all, that the struggle to keep quality journalism alive, because you and I will both agree, we believe that this quality journalism is essential for people, especially in a democracy. So somehow we've got to keep it going. Definitely. At the same time, there must be, and I'm not an editor now, I was once, you are today. Is there not a temptation or do you ever have to resist it to kind of resort to the kind of clickbait or infotainment type stories that people are flocking to social media for? Or are you managing to really hold the fort and keep good journalism on top? That is exactly what uh, a lot of people are saying now, Gwen, that um, yeah. when I was, I was looking at, at the video clip, I don't know from what date it is, oh. uh, f- uh, from uh, um, Denzel Washington, Washington, the actor. Yes. And he was talking about the media's desperation these days to be the first to post, not right. without regard to the processes that have always defined journalism. Yeah. To say before you put it out there, you have to go through a rigorous verification and vetting process of of that information. Right now, people um, have no regard for that, and I'm saying this absolutely. I mean, for me, credibility is more important. Yeah. To say, look. Right. Gwen may not have posted it as earlier as Toivo, but we know that in Gwen, whatever she posts, no matter how late it was, it was checked. It was all, yeah, exactly. Now there's no regard for that. People just want to be, oh, it was Gwen who posted it first. But but so what? What what substance does it carry, first and foremost? And there's no regard for substance. Exactly. And also with journalists now having to multitask. Yes. You know, once upon a time, we would just write our story for the paper. Now we've got to put out a video clip write something for online, you know, I suppose there is a tendency to to sensationalize, but I guess, I mean, it goes without saying that you are trying to guard against that as, yes. as much as you possibly can. Toivo, also, we, we've got to be honest with ourselves that there is problematic journalism out there, yes. and we can't kid ourselves it doesn't exist. Whether it's sloppy reporting or errors not corrected timeously, uh, even sensationalizing things unnecessarily or demonstrating bias mm-hmm. at the expense of fairness. This, I think, probably in you degree, allows disinformation to seep into mm. our sort of news system, and that's an ever-present pre- danger. Obviously, we can emphasize training of journalists, you know, read your code of ethics, become aware of media literacy and so on. What else do you think we can really do nowadays to maintain uh, and to really elevate these these journalistic standards. Yeah, I think um, the, the 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 industry for a long time now, Gwen, has faced uh, a lot of challenges that have now uh, trickled in uh, as variables to why certain things happen the way they do uh, lately. So, training, for example, at, at university, um, you, I mean, and I don't want to discredit any university at all, right. but but when you think of what you do today as a journalist and uh, what 
you might have learned at university back in the day, there's a huge gap. A very big difference. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you, you get interns in every time from universities and maybe interns you can even understand. I mean, she's only in her second year, maybe, or whatever, and she's still, she's, you know, still coming to terms with the, with the concept of journalism. You have people who just graduated looking yeah. for jobs. Yeah. And they come to your office to say, look, I'm looking for a job now. Can I, I mean, do you have any vacancies? And it's, um, it's unbelievable the, the levels of our, what the universities are producing. I mean, at this level, I'm, and I'm sure you've done this before yourself, I mean, we, at, at this level, we help a lot uh, with the uh, revision. Internships uh, and Yeah, no, the, the, the revision of, uh, of, 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 the of the curriculum okay. also, a lot. Okay. Every once in a while, you know, the universities come to us and say, look, you know, guys, what, what is it that you as an industry want? What kind of quality do you want the, the output that we must produce from the universities? And uh, there isn't enough pace really to rectify things right so it, it's 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 um uh, and and that's why the finest journalists that you have now uh, not only that are practicing now but even those that have left the industry were refined by the newsroom that is sure. where the actual quality sure. of training and understanding of journalism came from uh, which is of course our obligation partially but you want to have as much qualified a graduate as possible when sure. they come from university. Yeah. Okay. As I say, it's it's a, it's an ongoing battle, but I think Toivo, we accept that there's both challenge and opportunity. I think for for the role of journalism um, to reach greater heights of professionalism and ethical adherence to kind of beat back disinformation, and we know also that that's the best way to to win back yeah. public trust. We don't know it's going to happen immediately, but it should do because you know once upon a time. Uh, and I must hark back to even the Namibian in the 80s, in the pre-independence uh, struggle era, that people ate up the information in that newspaper. Which was, Why can't we get that again today, mm -hmm. even though it's peacetime, is a question that always plagues me. But um, does it make sense to you? Because in a sense, getting to those higher standards of journalism once again, does it make real sense to you? Will it pay your bills? Because at the mm -hmm. end of the day, you've got to pay your journalists, you've got to make it commercially viable to run a newspaper. And how do we get people out there to to be prepared to pay for good information? Yeah, yeah. You know, when they can kind of get a lot of disinformation and rubbish online for free, how do we convince them that that they need that yeah. to make better decisions about their lives? Yeah. I think what what is what should be at the center of all this, Gwen, is uh, is integrity. Uh, when you have built integrity as a media house or as a journalist, right. um, you know, even commercially, because I mean, yeah. look, we we are in business also, and brands, business brands, and commercial entities that the advertisers and and smart partners that we want to to link up uh, with will only want to align their brands with um, integrity. Right. If they know that yes this particular radio station or television station or newspaper is really, really on top of things. They may not be the, always the first to post news on social media or whatever, but once it's out, you it's know, thorough it's, it's, it's and thorough it's and, informative, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So it means you are building trust within your audience also because, you know, you have five newspapers on the market every on the street every, every yeah. morning. Mm. If I only have $5 and I'm saying I want to spend this $5 on only... One. Good and verified information, then you you are actually yes you are you are putting yourself at the forefront of 
of, of preference among both your, 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 your audience, but also um, even your commercial partners would be who would want to be. So you don't want you put a strip advert on the, on front of a newspaper, and then the the main news that day gets debunked the next morning in right. a, in a thing. So it's it's it's, a, it's it has so much uh, w w windfalls for us if we are just uh, credible. I agree, and I think I mean obviously one has to prove that. Uh, through one's journalism so that people can, because after all, we want people to be able to make those choices, to be discerning about the kind of news they read and 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 the information they get and, and, and that they need to be more uh, critical of different news sources in order to get those most credible. We probably come to the end of this uh, discussion. I'd love to go longer, Toivo, but I want to ask you just a very last question that I often ask myself as well. Do you think... And I mean, we both on social media, I'm not on Facebook, just <laughs> yes. on, on, on Twitter. Twitter yes. um, but do you think that out there, there is still real appetite for, for real news and information? Or are we who are trying to put quality journalism in the forefront, are we fighting a losing battle? What's your honest <laughs> it's, opinion? It's, it's, a, it's a good question, Gwen. Um, no, we are not uh, fighting a losing battle. Um, I think credibility will always prevail. Um, this uh, competition, but competition is brought about by people who do not have the kind of quality that we bring to the table. Um, social media, for example, is competing with us. Uh, citizen journalism, which is also a very good addition uh, right. as far as dissemination of, of information is concerned. But uh, there's always a difference between, I mean, because we, we have ethical observations that we also make. Uh, if I come across a an accident scene. I don't go around filming people f breathing, taking that their last breath and no, distribute exactly. it on social media. Um, and even though you may have that footage, you're uh, not going to uh, use it because uh, you stick to an uh, ethical code. Exactly. So that gives us an advantage. Um, so what we need to do really is to redouble our efforts in first portraying truly that we are uh, we, we stick to there are parameters within which we, we operate and that uh, the verification of fact is important, and that um, we do not become part of the mob that uh, right. distributes disinformation in, in, in particular. So if we continue to do that, and, and this is a, it's a huge fight, Gwen, I, I'll be the first to admit that mm. it's a huge, huge fight because people are bombarded with information and uh, not everybody has the time and the knowledge to really dis distinct between what is this information and what is actually correct information. Right. But we, we must stick to the ethos and uh, embrace new technology and actually use new technology to show that we will we continue to reign sup supreme in the in the context of dissemination of information. So I, I, I'm very hopeful that we will continue to, to reign supreme and, and, and be on top of things compared to uh, spreaders of fake news. Well, thank you, Toiva, for... All those comments, I think, a very interesting discussion and a, and a very positive note to end on. So thank you for that. And um, just to everybody listening out there, please look out for our bi-monthly free speak podcast on all things media. You can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Podcasts. Again, thank you very much, Toivo. I hope we get some feedback from this discussion <laughs> thank you on social me. media Indeed. and that it is good, intelligent feedback. I look forward to that, but uh, thanks a lot, Gwen, for having me. I appreciate your time. Thank you, Toza.